We believe in the generations. The word of God declares that we need to believe in the young and believe in the old alike. And here's what I know, here's what I know to be true today. You need someone to believe in you and someone else needs you to believe in them. That's kind of the premise to this whole message today. You need someone to believe in you and someone else needs you to believe in them. I believe this is such an important time for our church, for our community, for our future generations. And so my hope and my goal is over the next 30 minutes or, or less that we have together today, I pray that by the end of this time together, you will say, I genuinely want and need someone to speak into my life, someone who believes in me. And number two, I pray that you will say, I feel divinely called by God to impart spiritual life into the next generation. In other words, I want God to bring me those that I could believe in. Let me give you a fact. As a church, if we don't impart spiritual life into the next generation, we are on the road to losing the next generation when it comes to faith in Jesus. Now, you may say, Troy, you're being overly dramatic, but I will tell you it happened in the Bible more than once. Remember Moses. Moses had this vision from God to take the children of Israel into the promised land. Now, Moses never got to take them in himself because he lost his temper. He lost his cool, but that's a whole other message. He did so many things, though, really well in his leadership, but probably to me, the most powerful thing that this man of God did in his leadership was he mentored and he trained up the next generation in the faith. There was a young man by the name of Joshua. And when Moses died, he handed off the leadership mantle to Joshua. And there was this seamless transition that took place. Everything went along very smoothly. Then Joshua got to do what Moses always wanted to do. Joshua got to lead the people into the promised land. It's a big deal. It was, he was a phenomenal leader, Moses. And Joshua was a good leader too, but he had a real downside. And his downside was he did not raise up the future generation, the next generation. And when his generation died, there was a tragedy in the next generation. Judges chapter 2, verse number 10. After that, the whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors. In other words, they had all died. Another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. In other words, they did not know God. Because of Joshua's one glaring weakness, he did not raise up spiritual leaders in the next generation. The next generation came along and they did not know God. One generation. That's all we are away from people not knowing God. We must raise up the next generation to be Jesus followers. Amen. In the New Testament, there is a very special relationship between two people. There's a man named Paul who you might know him as the Apostle Paul. He was a great man of God. Very, very powerful. And then there was this kid, just a young guy, who showed a lot of promise, but he was a little insecure. Now, he had a great godly grandmother, like many of you. He had a great godly mama, like, like many of you. But he had no man speaking into his life. This guy's name was Timothy. And so Paul came along. This older man in Christ came along and he began to mentor Timothy. 
the next generation. Now, here's the big idea, the, the main idea, the thesis, if you will, of what I wanted to, if you remember nothing else today, remember this, all of us need a Paul, someone who believes in us, and all of us need a Timothy, someone that we can believe in. All of us need a Paul, someone who believes in us, and all of us need a Timothy, someone that we can believe in. And what's so special to me about Paul is Timothy was like family to him, like spiritual family. Pastor Trinity, our executive pastor, your campus pastor here at the Lathrop Indoor Campus says regularly, if you're here, you're a part of this. If you're here, you're a part of this. Let me clarify for you. This is not an organization. This is not even a, a church group. This is not an elite group of the frozen chosen. This is family. If you're here, you're a part of the family. This picture of family is so rich and so meaningful to us. In fact, if you're taking notes, jot this down. I want you to embrace this. You can have, now I made a mistake when I asked our media team to put together the notes. And so it's not their fault. But I was reviewing my notes and I said, I, I got it wrong. And so we're going to correct two slides today. You can have and be a spiritual father. That's what I want you to get. You can have and be a spiritual father. Some of you had or have a very godly dad. Or you may not have had. A spiritual father doesn't replace your biological father but may supplement the role of your, of your dad in your life. You can also be that by being a very godly, very spiritual example, like a dad to the next generation. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 15 uh, tells, us, uh, tells us this. Shazam. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, now don't just gloss over that. That's a weird thing to say. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Well, I, I thought, well, that's kind of strange. Even if you had 10,000 guardians. So I thought to myself, well, what does the word guardians mean? Really, as you look in the original language of the Bible, and I looked it up, and it's pediagos. I'm going to say it that way, like really fast, so that it sounds confident that that's how you pronounce it, all right? But it's a Greek word, and it simply means a servant who takes a child to school, a, a, a tutor, an instructor. So you have 10,000 of these nannies, influencers in your life. Um, this was a person who was hired to take care of the next generation. It's kind of like a nanny. We could say um, you would have a lot of people involved in your life. And you've all had a lot of people involved in your life. But they're not like a dad. They're not like a mom in your life. Maybe it's a coach or a teacher or a boss or someone who has a vested interest in you. But it's not. But it's their role. It's not the call that they have for you, for many of them. It goes on in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, the next two verses, 16 and 17. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I have sent you Timothy. Get this, my son whom I love, um, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. Now, hold on a second. I am sending you, Paul is saying, I'm sending you Timothy. I'm, Paul is sending Timothy. 
And he says, I'm sending you my son, Timothy. Was Timothy his son? The answer is no. He was not his biological son. He was just a kid. But this relationship took on a family dynamic. Paul is saying, I'm like a father to you, like a spiritual father that, that you never had. And the other guy, well, we're so close and we're so connected, he's like a son to me. And I'm sending this young man named Timothy, I'm sending him to you. Now, I'm going to tell you, in our church culture, this language is very rare. The son and the father and the, the daughter and the, the mother, it's kind of rare. But in many church cultures, this term spiritual father is a very important part of their culture. One time I went to a pastor's conference. It was a phenomenal conference. I learned a lot. I got to share a little bit as well. Um, but it, it ended up being, which was kind of exciting, um, mostly African-American pastors that were, that were at this conference, that were leading the conference and so forth. What a, what a rich opportunity. It was very meaningful interacting with these pastors. Well, after the teaching sessions were over, we're hanging out together in kind of this big old room, kind of a fellowship hall, I suppose you'd call it, or a connection center. And we're sitting around the tables, mingling, talking, sipping coffee and that kind of stuff. And I had an opportunity to chat with so many people. Hey, Pastor Troy, I want to introduce you to my dad. Hey, hey, Troy, I want to introduce you to my son. I'm like, good to meet you. It's nice to meet you. Here's my dad. Good to meet you. Here's my son. Good to meet you. I'm thinking, dear Lord, there's like total nepotism in this room. Everybody's related. And then I realized that wasn't true. They weren't biologically related. It took me a while to realize there wasn't a biological father-son relationship. Man, this was, this, this was spiritual. Th these were spiritual parents. This man had invested in me like I was his son. And this, I, I, like he is my father. Powerful. It, I believe in this young man. I'm pouring into this young man. Man, it was special to me. I like that. You can have that. You can have a spiritual father in your life. You can be a spiritual father in your life or mother. Now, ladies, I don't want to leave you out, so fear not, oh, women. Let me give you, write this down. You can have, wow, it's like a miracle. This was, did say or just a few minutes ago, but somehow through the magic of technology, they switched it. They took off those three. It's amazing. It's amazing. You guys, geniuses. I don't know how you did that, but uh, you did it. I just thought it was burned on the screen forever, but somehow you transformed it. It's, this is an illustration of what God can do in your life. He can change you from an or to an, a, a, I don't know. What, anyway, you can have and be a spiritual mother. And, and there's biblical references for this too. Titus chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. Let's take a look at it. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderous or addicted to too much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. In other words, you can have and you can be a spiritual mother. The older women can be spiritual mothers to the younger women. Why is it today that so many marriages are messed up all over the world? Well, one of the reasons is, is because there are very few godly older women that are mentoring the next generation, teaching women how to be women of God. I'm not saying transfer your culture and telling them this is how you do it, but teaching them, I'm going to give you some in examples of what this means in a little bit. 
Same thing for the men. There are very few godly men coming along the next generation and saying, this is what it's like to be a man of God. This is how you love a woman. This is how you lift up and honor your bride as Christ loved the church. You can have and you can be that. Everybody needs a Paul, someone to pour greatness into them, and everybody needs a Timothy, someone to whom you pour greatness into. Now, that's the premise of this message. You can have all of that as a part of the family of Christ, but what I want to do for the rest of our time together today is get, like, really practical, like, very helpful, I think, to you. And so if you have anything, including your phone, to write something, we even put blank note cards in front of you with pencils, I would jot a few of these things down. Because I guarantee you at the last campus I heard as I was leaving, I wish I would have written some of those things down. Well, I'm like, I'm not going to share with you a second. I'm just kidding. They can, they, they have, you have a chance. But I'd like for you to write some of these things down because they might actually help you, like in the parking lot, help you today. And so we're going to get very practical as we do this in our everyday life. So let's start with Timothy. What am I talking about? Those of you that want someone to invest in you. You want someone to invest in you. The first piece of advice I'd give to you is define what it is you're looking for. In other words, if you don't define who you're looking to mentor you in your life, somebody will come along and do that and they're not the right mentor for you. So you need to look at your life and evaluate and define what you're looking for. What do you need in a spiritual parent? What do you need in a Paul? So you might be dating or newly married or newly a parent, but you, you didn't maybe necessarily have the greatest Christian role model uh, growing up. You're not insulting your parents, but you're just like, I want to do better. I want to do better than that. So, so you, what you do is you look for a godly couple that... that has, has you know, proven their, their kids are obedient. Their marriage seems to be pretty solid. Nobody's perfect, but you look for that. And, and, and you, you, know, you look for somebody who has a strong, healthy marriage. And you're like, I'd like to ask them to be my Paul, to be my mentor. Now, you can't suck their life dry. I'm talking about 30 minutes once a month. That's what I'm talking about, right? So they're not going to babysit you in your life, but they're going to they're gonna help you grow in your walk with God, and you can become um, a better version of you. Maybe you're a brand new believer to you're a new follower of Jesus. And you're like, I don't really understand. You're talking Paul and Timothy and Bible and I don't, what do, I don't know anything. Just be honest. Find somebody you admire. They're kind of living a good life, and you're like, man, I, want it. I would like that. And invite them to be the Paul in your life, mentor in your life, and say, would you help me? I can't think of anybody at our church campuses that would say no to that. Sure, I'll do that. I'll meet with you. Love to meet with you once a month or once a week or whatever it takes. And, and then they're going to help you understand, like, here's Genesis. Like, here's the start of the Bible. And, and here's how the Bible works. And there's an Old Testament and a New Testament. And, and we'll walk the walk with you. You've got to find somebody that will help. We'll help you find somebody if you don't have somebody like that in your life. Maybe you feel called, like I'm an author, I've written several books, and maybe you feel called to write a book. Well, when I felt called to write a book, I had to find somebody who wrote a book. Talk to them about how they did that and the processes. You've got to find somebody who can come alongside you and help you do it. So define what you're looking for. But let me give you three quick pieces of advice that I think are home runs. For the Timothys, the sons or daughters that are looking for spiritual parents, you're looking for somebody to invest in you, Here's quick, three quick things. Number one, ask questions, listen, and take notes. Nothing drives me more crazy than somebody to show up to a meeting that they've asked to, to take some of my time. And I know your time is very valuable as well, but that they just don't come prepared. 
ask questions, listen, and take notes. When, when you get with your Paul, your mentor, somebody that you really want to emulate, you want to, um, you know, you want to learn from them, well, come prepared. Listen to what they have to say. Here's the deal. You're not going into a counseling session where you've invited them to be your mentor and you get to do all the talking. That's called a counseling session. Pay somebody to do that, right? But in this case, you are, you are listening. You're asking some questions and you're listening. I have found in my life, when I get to sit down with some of my mentors, I cannot possibly assimilate everything that they're telling me. And so as they're talking, I got to jot it down. And then when I'm done talking to them a little bit, I'm like, oh my goodness, I go back and I look at those notes and I'm like, okay, now I'm going to see what I can do with this. And that was really rich and really powerful and really good. I can start connecting the dots and I can start praying through it. Ask, listen, and take notes. You may say, what do I ask, Troy? I'm glad you asked. What do I ask? Because you can ask a few questions like this. Hey, what do you, what do you wish you knew when you were my age? What a great conversation starter. Some of you could go home and have that conversation with your mother or your father and somebody that you respect later on today. What do, you, what do you wish you knew when you were my age? You're like, well, I'm 50 years old. Ask them the question. What do you wish you knew when you were my age? Number two, what's the best piece of advice that somebody's ever given you? Ask somebody that. What's the best piece? You could ask anybody that question. What a great conversation starter. What's the best piece of advice somebody's ever given you? Maybe you could ask your mentor, somebody you respect, what, what's your biggest regret in your life? And then just listen, write notes down, pay attention. How about this one? What do, this is a really risky question, but what do you see in me that I may not see in myself? Now you're asking a Paul a question to evaluate your life. Just start there. Write it down, ask some questions, listen and watch and learn from your spiritual father or spiritual mother. But secondly, put into practice what you see. <laughs> put into practice what you see. Uh, as you watch the way they live and you listen to their advice, put into practice what you see. Philippians chapter four, verse number nine tells us, whatever, whatever you've learned or received or heard or, from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Put it into practice. Put it into practice. Just, just do it. One of the greatest blessings that you can give to your mentor, to your Paul, to your spiritual father or spiritual mother is to put the advice that they give you into practice. And you're like, well, they're not, not relevant. They're much older. They don't understand today. Just put it into practice. You're asking, put it into practice. And then the last thing I'd share with you when you're talking about your spiritual parent that you've invited into your life is show them honor. Show honor. The most valuable thing you can, you can give, uh, some, a person can give to you is not their money. It's their time. The most valuable, I've never ever heard anybody as I'm holding their hand and they pass from this life to another to say, I wish I had more money. It's I wish I had more time. Time is the most valuable commodity known to human beings. When, when someone gives you the gift of time, Show honor for that. Uh, respect the boundary. I got 30 minutes. Then you keep track of the time. Don't make them keep track of the time. Yes? Uh, Romans 12.10 helps us with this. It, it says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. I did a whole message on honor not too, not too long ago on the 4th of July. How's, how do I honor my mentor, my spiritual father, when they're inviting me to a cup of coffee so we can, we can have a chat? Well, I show up on time. I, I honor them by coming with questions written down. I, 
I, I write down what they say. I send a thank you note or a text afterwards. I mean, I, I serve them. If they want to meet at 4 o'clock in the morning, I show up at 3.30 in the morning because we're honoring them, right? I mean, if, if they need their kids babysat, you babysit the kid. They need a car wash, you wash it, whatever it takes. You just show honor to somebody who's investing in your life. <laughs> we don't live in a very honoring culture. We live in a culture where everybody wants to be honored, but few people want to honor. We have got to change the tide, and it needs to start, start with the church. Listen, take notes, put it into practice, show honor. Listen, that, that, that's kind of a, a way that we do it when it comes to our spiritual parent. But let's hit the pause button for a second. Let's, um, let's shift gears uh, here together today. Let me ask you a question. In your field of interest, maybe you're a mom and you want to be a better mom. Maybe you're married, but you want to have a better marriage. Maybe you're a business person and, and you want to show Christ better in your business. Or maybe you're an athlete and you want to glorify God through your athletics or your drama or your music. Uh, maybe, maybe you're starting a business or a new ministry and you want God to bless and God to help, whatever it is in your field of interest. How many of you in your area of interest would love to have the best of the best speak into your life? Raise your hand. Is there, of course you would, of course you would. Some people just, I'm not participating. I will never raise my hand in church, okay. Um, um, at the same time, how many of you feel a little bit intimidated and a little unqualified to be a Paul, a spiritual father or a spiritual mother for somebody else? You feel a little intimidated, a little unqualified to be, anybody in here? The rest of you really courageous, send me anybody. I'll mentor them all day long. No, okay, the truth is, uh, you're probably intimidated right now to even raise your hand. And so there's a lack of self-confidence. So I'm gonna ask you some questions and I really need some participation because I trust that those of you that are watching us, the hundreds of you that are watching out there online today, that you guys are dialing in and paying attention as well. You're a part of this here today. How, how many of you have been hurt by somebody and it's been difficult to overcome that hurt in your life? Sure you have, sure you have, sure you have. How many of you have failed at something but you learned something from that failure in your life? Yeah, 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 yeah. How many of you had a significant setback but you overcame that setback in your life and you rose victorious from the ashes. Sure you did, sure, sure, sure. You are perfectly prepared to be a Paul for somebody else. You are perfectly prepared to be a spiritual father or a spiritual mother to somebody else. You can see that. that often through the failures that we've overcome, that's how we can make a difference in somebody else's life. Think about this. Some of you fought to survive cancer. We've got some really good friends that are going through cancer right now, but we've got some really good friends that are on the other side of cancer, connecting those dots. Yeah, don't you think that you could, if you made it through, you could help somebody else who's battling through cancer or a family member who's walking alongside somebody who's battling through cancer? Some of you, no hands, but you overcame an addiction an addiction to pornography, an addiction to alcohol, an addiction to some sort of drug. You are the perfect candidate to help somebody else overcome those things that have held them in bondage. Here's what I know, probably close to two, uh, maybe three out of every 10 sitting in this room right now and watching online are still held in captivity of one of those three things. And, and you're here, so there's no guilt, there's no shame, but we wanna help you. But the best people to help you are people that have, that have been there, that have walked in those shoes before. We are starting a new ministry and we're excited later in August, we're gonna give you more details about it, but it's helping you overcome, uh, get through addictions, hurts, habits, hangups. And the, what we need are we need people 
to just be honest and say, I overcame one. I'd love to be a part of that group. Not asking you to teach, just asking you to be there. Just to support people that are being courageous enough to say, yeah, I got an issue in my life. You're perfectly prepared to be a Paul for somebody else. Some of you, um, some of you have committed adultery or you had adultery committed on you. And maybe your marriage survived, but maybe it didn't. But now on the other side of that, God did something in your life and forgiveness was found. Healing was found. Maybe restoration was found. Don't you think that God could use you to be a Paul in somebody else's life to help them get through such a tragedy as well? No guilt, no condemnation, just help. Some of you raised your children and your children, they lived, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> you got them through. Some of you, your kids are serving the Lord today and some of you, your kids, you're pleading with God that they will come back to know, to know Jesus and you've spent years on your knees praying to God. In either circumstance, you could be a Paul for somebody. You could be an encouragement to somebody who comes along who's looking at you and saying, hey, what would you change? What's your deepest regret? How could, what do you see in me? Yeah, yeah, you can help. I'm gonna step on your toes, but don't you dare insult God by telling him you don't have anything to offer to the next generation because you do. Here's what I know. I'm 50 years old. What I know is, um, younger, uh, I feel like, like this is the new like, middle age, right? And so, uh, the younger, when I was younger, I, I hear, and I still hear younger people, like, they would never listen to me. And, and, and I hear the older people saying about the younger people, they would never listen to me. There's this insecurity that we find in culture that says, based upon my age or where I'm at, that the younger people would never want to hear what I have to say, and the older people would never want to hear what I have what I have to say. Hmm. God is calling you not just to have someone to pour into your life, but God is calling you, every one of you, to be someone who pours into someone's life. I kind of did a snapshot of this message at camp. Boy, did it rally those kids and teens. I'm like, you might be eight, but there's a four-year-old that needs you to be a Paul in their life. It, it, it's applicable to all generations, to all ages. You might be... 98, uh, you, still, you still have something to offer. And it's not always based upon age. I have people that are younger than me, that, man, they're further ahead of me in certain areas of life. And I have people that are older than me that are way further behind in areas, certain areas of life. We, you can be a, a, a father or a mother, and it's not a, if you think, well, I am the spiritual mentor, then you've got pride in your life and you don't belong in that position. It's, it's not about position. It's about helping each other. Hmm. So I want to talk to you about how we do it from the perspective now of the spiritual father or the spiritual mother. How, you know, you, the people ask me or they say to you, hey, would you help me? Would you connect with me? Would you meet with me and help me become a better man or a, a better woman or a better mom or a better dad or a better business person or whatever it is? And, um, and they come to you and say this, how, how do you do that? I don't, I, don't, I don't feel good enough to do it. Well, here's some really quick um, practical examples or, or advice for you. Number one, be an example in the way that you live. Be an example in the way that you live. Nobody's going to want to follow you if, if you're walking in circles. Be an example in the way that you live. Move forward in your life. And so Titus tells us 
in Titus 2, 7, in everything, set them an example by doing what is good in your teaching, show integrity and seriousness. And he goes on, but in everything, set an example by doing what is good. I'm going to tell you honestly, and some of you know me, and I'm going to tell you very humbly, one of the greatest goals in my life is to be a godly example. But you can hang out with me for like 30 seconds and realize he is just not totally there. He's definitely not perfect, that's for sure, right? But with everything, I plan to love one woman and to serve her faithfully for my entire life, loving her as Christ loved the church. And baby, I'll do that the rest of my life. I'm going to do that with everything inside of me. I plan on continually investing my life, my time, my talent, my treasure into my children, my grandchildren, and one day my great-grandchildren because I will build a lasting legacy with the help of God. And I plan on, with integrity, leading this church, this entire church network, this family of churches that, that one day will be well over a dozen. I believe we're going to have close to 20 campuses in the next 10 years. I believe that we have, because people need Jesus. People need the good news of God's word. I'm going to lead with integrity. What does that mean? Well, there's three things that take down pastors most of the time, and it's the three G's. It's gold, it's glory, and it's girls. And I will not fall victim to those. You follow what I'm saying? We're going to do everything with integrity. If we live with integrity, nothing else matters. If we don't live with integrity, nothing else matters. So we will live with integrity. So just in the way that you live, you can be a spiritual father, spiritual mother. There are people that are mentors in my life that don't even know what I look like, that I've never met before. But through their books and their writings and, their, and their, the te teachings that they give, um, their blogs that they have, I am being mentored by these people. From You can be a spiritual father, spiritual mother to the next generation. How do you do it? Number two, how do you do that? You tell stories. Just tell stories. Just tell stories. Here's what happened or here's what God did. Psalm 145, verse 4 and verse number 6. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. In other words, I'll tell stories. I'll tell stories. Tell the story about your life. I enjoy meeting Heinz. Raise your hand for me. Heinz, put your hand up. That's Heinz back there. He hosts the OMG. Uh, OMG stands for Old Man Group. They named it. I didn't name it, okay? But it's, it's the Old Man Group is, a, is the group of guys in our church that meet together on Mondays. About 1.30 at Heinz's house, he'll say come at earlier and he'll say stay later. But from about 1.30 to about 3.30 or so, they meet together every Monday. If you're retired or available, we'd love to have you come, right, Heinz? So you could just see Heinz back there. He sticks around. He tries to shake everybody's hand, high-fives him. He gives everybody a $20 bill, whatever you want to So you can talk to Heinz after church. Everybody's like, hey, you got my attention now, right? now." But, yeah, but you can talk to Heinz or you can talk to any one of the staff members. We'll give you information. Go to his house. He openly invites any guy that wants to come and be a part of that. I like going to the OMG as often as I can, the old man group. I especially love, and several of you in here that attend that group, I especially love being on us to hear the stories. I like it. Some, some stories you hear over and over and over again, but I, I love to hear the stories. I especially like, Heinz, this might strike you, but this is what I like. I really like hearing one of these older men in their mid-70s or 80s say, here's a problem that I had in my life. And I love them following up with, here's how we prayed. And then I love to hear the rest of the story, and here's what God did. 
Man, I just love to hear that unfold. Telling stories is one of the greatest gifts that you can give to the next generation. Here's the problem. Here's how we prayed. Here's what God did. I'm just telling a story about my life, but somebody else is going to latch onto that and say, if that worked for you, then that can work for me. Number three, share your life. Just share your life. This life is not yours. It's here today, gone tomorrow. It's but a puff of smoke, a vapor in the air. Open up your heart. Let somebody in. It doesn't have to be a formal meeting where you have a chalkboard and you've got a long pointer stick and you're saying, here's what you do. It's, it's not that. It's the most intimate thing you can do is invite somebody into your life. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 8 says, so we care for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, not only the Bible, but we were delighted to share with you our lives as well. We wanted to invite you in to do life together. Ladies and gentlemen, you can do that. You can be a spiritual parent to somebody. I don't care if you're 97 or 17, you can do this because God is calling you to do this. You see, the truth is that for you to take what you've been through and not make it available to the next generation, it's unbelievably selfish. What you've been through matters. People need to hear that. People really do care. We are the family of God. We are the body of Christ. And there is a generation today, more than any other generation in the history of humanity, that needs a spiritual parent, that needs a mom or needs a dad. Their heart's cry is, God, give me an example to follow. Show me what to do. Help me, God. I know there's more inside of me. I know there is. I, I, I know I can make it. I just don't know how. Every single one of you need a Paul. Every one of you needs a Paul. You'll never do what God called you to do without the right people speaking into your life. And every single one of us needs a Timothy. Someone you can look to and say, you know, I'll take you on as my son or my daughter. You're like a, I, I see greatness in you. I don't want to pull that out. You can have it and you can give it. And you can do more than you ever thought was possible. Let's pray together. God, wow, we need you, God. I pray that your people, God, would hear this message. God, that we wouldn't settle for just good intentions, but would transform those good intentions into actions.